Blog Talk Radio. All right, genius, you, you ready to get out of here and get this thing started, man? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I'm ready. I'm, yeah, I'm, okay. on, I'm on top of it. What's, what's he going to do? This ain't my car. Give me the keys. What do you mean? What do you mean the keys? You know, what I mean the keys is you just press hey, man, the button right there. Yeah. Because you press the you button. I got the key button. back here. Press, you press, press the button. button. Yeah, just press no, the button. man, no, I, I need a key. Hey, uh, man, this is a new car, man. This is one of them, you know, 2000. Oh, man, this is stupid. I don't want to do that, man. I, <laughs> I got to protect well, you, my finger, well, man. Well, you just sit there then, in that case. Oh, man, man it's a genius. Up. I knew you were going to act like that. Button, Come on, man, let's get this get thing moving. Home, boy. All you got to do is press you know, the button. Let's go. Okay, okay. Well, I'll press it then.
Welcome to the grotto, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in. Take your clothes off, throw them in the corner. Take your shoes off, throw them in the corner. Uh, help, help you grab yourself an e-cocktail. Help yourself to some of those hot e d'oeuvres, and come on in. I've got another new microphone, and I'm testing this one out as well. Hopefully, you can hear me. And while we wait for the rest of the world to show up, because you know they're usually fashionably late here for the grotto, let's uh, let's start off. Such a night like this. Such a night. It, this is such a night. Okay, Dr. John. Somebody else feeling 
the late, great Dr. John. Yeah. So I guess this microphone sounds all right so far. So we're just moving forward with the show. Uh, let's hear from the Dorsey brothers, Tommy and Jimmy both. Opus one. <laughs>
I guess I had no sound. <laughs> I must have been muted. Uh, hopefully you can hear me now. But uh, that was, I'm just giving a little tribute to Eddie Van Halen, who passed away back on Tuesday. And he was 65 years old. And uh, I was giving a happy birthday to John Lennon previous, prior to that. So uh, without, without much more to say, I'm going to play these two tunes off the first album because well, I'm kind of partial to them. And hearing sirens? What? Can you hear me now? I don't know. I'm still working on this new mic. Hopefully you can hear me now. Anyway, this is a tribute to Eddie Van Halen, who passed away back on Tuesday. And whether you hear me or not, <laughs> I hope you can, but here we go. Eddie Van Halen. tunes uh, because I played these on the radio when the, the album first came out back in Phoenix. So that's why, I'm cho- why I chose these.
R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. You made a difference in the world of music. You will be missed. Okay. You know, with this coronavirus and all the social distancing, and we've been cooped up now since what? Spring? Since like March? And, uh, you know, sometimes we get, we got to get a little crazy and we got to give irreverence equal time. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. Uh, so this time for a little George Carlin. Now, if you're in, you know, if you're going to be offended by language, uh, leave now. <laughs> but if you're going to be entertained and maybe brought to, to laugh and maybe to think, and stay with me. Uh, the next few minutes, I'm just going to let George describe the situation. Now, this next thing, this next thing is about the English language. It's about little expressions we use. We we all say and the little sayings and expressions that we use all the time, most of us. And we never really seem to examine these expressions very carefully at all. We just sort of say these things as if they really made sense, like legally drunk. Well, if it's legal, what's the fucking problem? Hey, leave my friend alone, officer. He's legally drunk. You know you can stick it. Why do we always assume everyone knows where they can stick it? Suppose you don't know. Suppose you're a new guy. You have absolutely no idea where to stick it. I think there ought to be a government booklet entitled, Where to Stick It. <laughs> now that I think of it, I believe there is a government booklet like that. They sent it to you on April 15th. <laughs> undisputed heavyweight champion. Well, if it's undisputed, what's all the fighting about? It's the quiet ones you gotta watch. You know that one, eh? Every time you see a story about a serial killer on TV, what do they do? They bring on the neighbor. And the neighbor says, well, he was always very quiet. And someone in the room says, it's the quiet ones you gotta watch. This sounds to me like a very dangerous assumption. I will bet you anything that while you're watching a quiet one, a noisy one will fucking kill you. Suppose you're in a bar and one guy's sitting over on the side reading a book, not bothering anybody. Another guy's standing up at the front with a machete, banging it on the bar, saying, I'll kill the next motherfucker who comes in here. <laughs> who are you going to watch? <laughs> you're goddamn right. Lock him up and throw away the key. This is really stupid. Where are you going to throw the key? Right out in front of the jail? His friends will find it. How far can you draw a key? 50, 60 feet the most. Even if you lay it flat on its side like that and you scale it, what do you get? An extra 10 feet, tops. This is a stupid idea, needs to be completely rethought. Down the tubes. Get that one a lot. People say, ah, the country is going down the tubes. What tubes? <laughs> Have you seen any tubes? Where are these tubes? And where do they go? And how come there's more than one tube? It would seem to me, one country, one tube. But does every state all of a sudden have to have its own tube now? One tube is all you need. 
for a tube that big? Somebody would have seen it by now. Somebody would have said, hey, Joey, Joey, look at the fucking tube. Big ass fucking tube over here. You never hear that. You know why? No tubes. We don't have tube one. We are essentially tubeless. Takes the cake. You know? Say, boy, he really takes the cake. Where? Where do you take a cake? To the movies? You know where I would take a cake? Down to the bakery to see the other cakes. And how come he takes the cake? How come he don't take the pie? Pie is easier to carry than the cake. Easy as pie. Hey, wait. Cake is not too hard to carry either. Piece of cake. The greatest thing since sliced bread. So this is it, huh, folks? Couple of hundred thousand years. The fucking pyramids, for Christ's sakes. Panama Canal, the Great Wall of China. Even a lava lamp. To me, is greater than sliced bread. What's so great about sliced bread? You got a knife, you got a loaf of bread, slice the fucking thing! And get on with your life. <laughs> Out walking the streets. You know, guy gets a parole. They say, now instead of being in prison, this guy is out walking the streets. How do we know? Maybe the guy's home banging the babysitter. <laughs> Not everybody gets a parole is out walking the fucking streets. A lot of times they, they steal a car, you know. And we ought to be glad. Thank God he stole a car. At least he's not out walking the streets. <laughs> Fine and dandy. That's an old-fashioned one, isn't it? Yeah. Say to a guy, how are you? He says, Fine and dandy. Not me. I never say that. You know how come? Because I'm never both of those things at the same time. Sometimes I'm fine, not dandy. Close to dandy, approaching dandy, in the vicinity of dandyhood. Not quite fully dandy. Other times, I am indeed highly dandy. However, not fine. One time, one time, 1965, August, for about an hour. I was both fine and dandy at the same time. But nobody asked me how I was. And I could have told them. I could have told them. I could have told them. I could have said to the person, fine and dandy. I consider it a lost opportunity. Walking papers. You know, guy gets fired. He says, geez, poor guy. Well, they give him his walking papers today. Did you ever get any walking papers? Seriously? Believe me, in my life, I got fired a lot of times. You can tell. 
Never got any walking papers. Never got a pink slip either. You know what I would get? A guy would come around to my desk and say, Get the fuck out of here! You don't need paper for that. It's like the riot act. The riot act. They keep telling you they're going to read that to you. Have you heard this thing at all? Especially when you're a kid, they threaten you. You wait till your father comes home, he's going to read you the riot act. Tell him I already read it myself. And I didn't like it either. I consider it wordy and poorly thought out. He wants to read me something. How about the gentleman's guide to the golden age of blowjobs? <laughs> More than happy. I bet you say that sometimes, don't you? Once in a while, you say to somebody, Oh, I'd be more than happy to do that. How can you be more than happy? To me, this sounds like a dangerous mental condition. We had to put Dave in the mental home. He was... More than happy. One more of these. In your own words. People say that to you. You know, when you hear that a lot in a classroom or in a courtroom, they'll say to you, tell us in your own words. <laughs> Do you have your own words? <laughs> hey, I'm using the ones everybody else has been using. <laughs> Next time they tell you to say something in your own words, say, Nick, Flut, Blarney, Quando, Flu. George Carlin. I'm going to do a little more <laughs> because we have next month, we have election day coming up. Yeah, a lot of American stuff going on there. Because you do know, folks, living in this country, you're bound to know that every time you're exposed to advertising, you realize once again that America's leading industry, America's most profitable business is still the manufacture, packaging, distribution, and marketing of bullshit. High-quality, grade-A, prime-cut, pure American bullshit. And the sad part is, is that most people seem to have been indoctrinated to believe that bullshit only comes from certain places, certain sources. Advertising, politics, salesmen, not true. Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Parents are full of shit, teachers are full of shit, clergymen are full of shit, and law enforcement people are full of shit. This entire country... This entire country is completely full of shit and always has been. From the Declaration of Independence to the Constitution to the Star-Spangled Banner, it's still nothing more than one big steaming pile of red, white, and blue all-American bullshit. Because think of how we started. Think of that. This country was founded by a group of slave owners who told us all men are created equal. Oh, yeah, all men, except for Indians and niggers and women, right? Always like to use that authentic American language. This was a small group of unelected white male landholding slave owners who also suggested their class be the only one allowed to vote. Now, that is what's known as being stunningly and embarrassingly full of shit. And I think 
I think Americans really show their ignorance when they say they want their politicians to be honest. What are these fucking cretins talking about? If honesty were suddenly introduced into American life, the whole system would collapse. No one would know what to do. Honesty would fuck this country up. And I think deep down, Americans know that. That's why they elected and re-elected Bill Clinton. That's why. Because, because the American people like their bullshit right out front where they can get a good, strong whiff of it. Clinton might be full of shit, but at least he lets you know it. Dole tried to hide it, didn't he? Dole kept saying, I'm a plain and honest man. Bullshit. People don't believe that. What did Clinton say? He said, hi, folks, I'm completely full of shit, and how do you like that? And the people said, you know something? At least he's honest. At least he's honest about being completely full of shit. It's just like the business world, same as business. Everybody knows by now, all businessmen are completely full of shit. Just the worst kind of low-life criminal cocksuckers you could ever want to run into. A fucking piece of shit businessman. And the proof of it, the proof of it is, they don't even trust each other. They don't trust one another. When a businessman sits down to negotiate a deal, the first thing he does is to automatically assume that the other guy is a complete lying prick who's trying to fuck him out of his money. So he's got to do everything he can to fuck the other guy a little bit faster and a little bit harder. And he's got to do it with a big smile on his face. You know that big bullshit businessman smile? And if you're a customer, whoa! That's when you get the really big smile. Customer always gets that really big smile as the businessman carefully positions himself directly behind the customer and unzips his pants and proceeds to service the account. I'm servicing this account. This customer needs service. Now you know what they mean. Now you know what they mean when they say, we specialize in customer service. Whoever coined the phrase, let the buyer beware, was probably bleeding from the asshole. But that's business. That's business. But in the bullshit department, in the bullshit department, a businessman can't hold a candle to a clergyman. Because I got to tell you the truth, folks. I got to tell you the truth. When it comes to bullshit, big time, major league bullshit, you have to stand in awe, in awe of the all-time champion of false promises and exaggerated claims, religion. No contest. No contest. Religion. Religion easily has the greatest bullshit story ever told. Think about it. Religion has actually convinced people that there's an invisible man living in the sky, who watches everything you do every minute of every day. And the invisible man has a special list of ten things he does not want you to do. And if you do any of these ten things, he has a special place full of fire and smoke and burning and torture and anguish where he will send you to live and suffer and burn and choke and scream and cry forever and ever till the end of time. But he loves you. He 
loves you. He loves you and he needs money. He always needs money. He's all powerful, all perfect, all knowing and all wise. Somehow, just can't handle money. Religion takes in billions of dollars, they pay no taxes, and they always need a little more. Now, you talk about a good bullshit story. Holy shit. Tell the truth. Don't be bullshitting people. Like I said, there's enough bullshit as it is. There's enough bullshit as it is. In fact, there's just enough. Did you know that? There's just enough bullshit to hold things together in this country. Bullshit is the glue that binds us as a nation. Where would we be without our safe, familiar American bullshit? Land of the free, home of the brave, the American dream. All men are equal, justice is blind, the press is free, your vote counts. <laughs> Business is honest, the good guys win, the police are on your side. God is watching you, your standard of living will never decline, and everything is going to be just fine. The official national bullshit story. I call it the American okey-doke. Every one of those items is provably untrue at one level or another, but we believe them because they're pounded into our heads from the time we're children. That's what they do with that kind of stuff. They put it in the heads of kids. They pound it in there because kids, they know kids are too young to be able to mount a sophisticated argument against these kind of ideas. And so uh, kids, and up to a certain age, by the way, kids are going to believe everything a grown-up tells them, everything. So, they, so kids never learn to question things. Nobody questions things in this country anymore. Nobody questions things. Why? People are too fat and happy. People are way too fucking prosperous for their own good. Everyone's got a cell phone that'll make pancakes and rub their balls now, you know? So, nobody wants, nobody wants to rock the boat. And people, people just, uh, gizmo, Americans have been silenced, bought off and silenced by gizmos and toys. And as a result, no one's ever learned to question things. No one questions things in this country. No one questions things. Now, okay. Now, there's one thing you might have noticed I don't complain about. Politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Yeah. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. And term limits ain't going to be any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here. Like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks. Fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? 
Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall, scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. So I have solved this little political dilemma for myself in a very simple way. On election day, I stay home. I don't vote. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't vote. Two reasons. Two reasons I don't vote. First of all, it's meaningless. This country was bought and sold and paid for a long time ago. The shit they shuffle around every four years <laughs> doesn't mean a fucking thing. And secondly, I don't vote because I believe if you vote, you have no right to complain. People like to twist that around, I know. They say, they say, well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. But where's the logic in that? If you vote and you elect dishonest, incompetent people and they get into office and screw everything up, well, you are responsible for what they have done. You caused the problem. You voted them in. You have no right to complain. I, on the other hand, who did not vote, who did not vote, who in fact, did not even leave the house on election day. I'm in no way responsible for what these people have done and have every right to complain as loud as I want about the mess you created that I had nothing to do with. So I know that a little later on this year you're going to have another one of those really swell presidential elections that you like so much. You'll enjoy yourselves. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure as soon as the election is over, your country will improve immediately. As for me, I'll be home on that day doing essentially the same thing as you. The only difference is... When I get finished masturbating, I'm going to have a little something to show for it, folks. Thank you very much. Call me back on Riverside Forum. You're listening to Daddy G Radio in the Grotto. Another Daddy G sing along. Whee! Yay! And that's right. You know the drill. You know the words. Everybody sing. Follow the bouncing ball.
and adding to our selection of hot eaters tonight, Nat King Cole. I don't want French fried potatoes, red ripe tomatoes. I'm never satisfied. I want the frim fram sauce with the awesome sea with shafafa on the side. I don't want pork chops and bacon that won't awaken my appetite inside. I want the frim fram sauce with the awesome sea with shafafa. On the side A fella really got to eat And a fella should eat right Five will get you ten I'm gonna feed myself right tonight I don't want fish, cakes, and rye bread You heard what I said Waiter, please serve mine fried I want the frim fram sauce With the awesome fig With shafafa on the side She's a pretty hunk of scenery. She can make a chocolate soda go. You 
You ought to go around and dig it When she's working at the spigot You can hear her calling orders like this Give me a ham white down And a burger wrap Cider slaw and a seven layer OJ up, wreck two in a cup And a boogie-woogie blue plate Give me a crippled beef on a load of hay Combo rye and a bottle of ale Coming through with a slab of moo And a boogie-woogie blue plate Draw one, draw two Get that coffee perkin Draw three, draw four Hold that mail on the chopped egg working Want a tuna wheat with a side of fries Eighty-six on the cherry pies Side of greens on the franks and beans And a boogie-woogie blue Was 
was a beat-up grand being played by a big fat piano man. Now some of the chicks wore expensive frocks. Some of them had on bobby socks. But everybody was nice and high at this particular Saturday night fish fry. It was rocking. It was rocking. You never seen such shuffling and shuffling till the break of dawn. Now we figured this was a good place to play Cause the party was already underway But all of a sudden the lights went low And everybody made straight for the front door Man, I was so scared I didn't know where to go I stood right there, then I fell on the floor It was rocking Beans and cornbread had 
a fight. Beans knocked cornbread out of sight. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'll be ready. I'll be ready tomorrow night. Cornbread, you ain't straight. Beans. You better wake up or I'll gas you gate. Beans. Been in this pot since half past two. Beans. Swelling and puffing and almost due. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Beans. That's what bees told Cornbread. Beans. Always get mad at me. Beans. I ain't mad at you. Cornbread by the toe. Bean said, Cornbread, let me go. Bean. Cornbread said, I'll lay you low. Bean. I'm gonna fight you, you so and so. Meet me on the corner. Meet me on the corner to Monday. That's what Bean said, Cornbread. You're so bad. You always want to fight. Meet me on the corner to Monday. I'm gonna beat the devil out Man, you know that we go hand in hand. Bees and cornbread, bees and cornbread, hand in hand. That's what bees say to cornbread. We should stick together, hand in hand. We should hang out together like we live in Bible crop. We should stick together like a hot dog and mustard. We should get up every morning and hang out together like sisters and brothers. Every Saturday night, we should hang out like chitlins and potato sacks. Like strawberry and shortcake. Microphone issue omitted, apparently. Uh, I guess I'm working okay, and that pleases me greatly. <laughs> Just remember, everybody, we're all connected.
cocktails, but don't worry about cleaning up. Sarah's hands got that part handled. And thank you, my dear, sweet, loving wife, my girl with the crimson hair, Brenda Joe, for joining me live in the grotto. And thanks also to those listening in on your widgets and or other devices. Have a happy and safe remainder of the weekend. And just remember, I love me some y'all. Good night, everybody. I'll get this microphone worked out yet. (laughs) Thanks for joining me, everyone. Be safe. Have a happy and safe remainder of the weekend. And I love you, Brenda Joe. Thanks, everybody, for listening on the archives as well. Good night, everybody.
love you, everybody. Hopefully you can hear me now. Good night, everyone. Yeah.